Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. A star attraction. The one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. So, all right, so you move, now you, did you move to New York after? No, I moved to Seattle. I love Seattle. I do too. Oh, that's right. You moved to Seattle. Um, because it was very far away from Maine. Right. And I had a friend whose floor I could crash on. And you end up sort of saving your sister and your, bro- your brother in a way? Like, I mean, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. I don't think they would argue with that. I um, Yeah, while I was living there, I... Both of them had sort of life collapses because right. maybe it runs in the family. Right. I don't know. Um, uh, right about the same age I had been. And I um, helped them emigrate to Seattle. Right. And I helped them like get apartments and sort of get So, But you started out on someone's floor or couch. Mm-hmm. And yes. then had, what did you end up doing? Well, I um, – yeah, I, I, it's funny because so it feels like so few people do, do this now. Or no, I arrived and I had $20. Right. But that thing, you know, people now like are like, 
Right, but I also have that credit card. That right, no, that right, I right. But I meant literally twenty bucks. I had literally had twenty dollars. I remember, right. and I had like some. Um, my father had given me because I drove, and I had this beaten up car, and in the back of the car was my father as a gift had taken me to Caswell's, uh-huh. which is this place that has like distressed food, mm-hmm. and so he had bought helped. I don't even think he paid. I think he helped me buy um, like secondhand ramen. So I had like oh, this yeah. like defective ramen that right. was probably past its expiration date, right? And twenty dollars. Yeah, we grew. I grew up by the Burry Cookie Burry Cookies mm-hmm. factory, and we used to get boxes of broken cookies for like a dollar. Okay, like, yeah. And it was just, you know, <laughs> these chocolate chip cookies that are in. And I was like. My mother would bring home these fucking huge boxes. Yeah, so I get, I get the. So you, you, you have a f- broken down car and old ramen, and mm-hmm. you're twenty bucks. Yes. What do you do? I get a job. I start getting a series of like kind of crappy jobs, and I, 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 uh, I get a rented room right. in a shared house that is uh, a crack den. But uh-huh. I mean, really, it's Seattle in the 90s. It's right. a heroin den. Right. Let's be clear. But um, I stay in this room and I um, I work my way up through all these different temp jobs and I start performing um, in theaters, like little garage theaters right. around Seattle. And um, eventually I decide that I want health insurance and yes. the respect Adult, of other yes. people. And I, basically also I want to leave the theater. Right. Because – I'm performing Shit. exclusively in unheated garages. Right. You know, and for the let me be clear, people are really into my work. Like I'm right. I'm I'm very successful right. in the unheated garage universe. Right, right, right. And so I just perceive that I'm tired of all that. Right. And so I um I start working at Amazon. Wow. That's Incre- and now, when you're doing theater, you're doing one-person shows, or you're doing both. I both. I I started doing um, traditional shows. Although right. when I say traditional, they were all super fucked up shows happening in downtown garage, right? In Seattle. So, like, I did a very, like, still talked about today, a very perverted version of Jean Genet's The Balcony. Right. That like is already pretty perverted, right. but it was like really being acted out. Right. And um I remember that I had to um I remember I had to masturbate on stage. As like as like uh, so yeah. Right, there was a lot of like bu- really Louis? Mm-hmm. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> hey Louis. <laughs> What's up? Um, no, that'd be. I, yeah. mean, I mean, that would have worked out. And you had he to. He would have been much know, more excited about than good. I was. Yeah. I, I, so I, I you discovered had a, really and, definitively wait, that that's not my thing. Wait, you're master. And how many people are in the audience? Usually 19. And 20. You, are you like, do you go through till the end? Um, I'm not able to right. come on I could, demand. Yeah. Um, same. Especially uh, in that situation. Yeah. So, no. Did you have a hard on? Uh, generally, no. Yeah. I can just I say. I'm, I'm like turned on by so many things. But not that. But not that. I'm even turned on by. I'm even turned by. I'm on turned on by public acts. I just right. like that public act under stage lights <laughs> with an audience is not too That for is me. so disgusting. Oh, like alley and people are passing by or like oh my in a window. God. Uh, yeah, yeah, far yeah. Away. I don't want to be. No, like, not. It was horrible. But I mean, that was the intention. Right. The characters are all very grotesque. Like, right. like aesthetically, I actually was like, 
this is a pretty right. young point. But then as an actor, I was right. like, I, and no. then actually that specific yeah. show led me, like it was doing that show that made me be like, I need to do Keep doing theater. Right. I need to do shows where I control all the variables. Right, right. I am not going to make the – this is right. too fucked up. Right, So that then I want it to be so that when it's terrible, I know exactly who to blame. Right. And they're right in front of me. Right. And they can be held accountable. Right. And that's what led me to create the monologues. Wow. Like I made the form. Right. So that I would be responsible for everything. So then when it's, it's terrible. It's like stand-up kind of. Yes, very much It's so. very – but, you know, you're in a theater, so you're you're way ahead of the – you know, because they're listening already and you're yes. not – there's no fucking blenders and drunk people. I mean there's probably drunk people, but you know what I mean. No, no. There, there's, yeah. there's distractions, but fundamentally they're not there right. to be entertained. Right. They're there to listen. Right. And I, I, I performed in – over the years, I've like crossed over and performed – my work in stand-up venues and, oh, see, and, and really felt the textural difference. And yeah. I feel the big difference is the expectation set is so different. Oh, I know. Like they're actually there to listen versus like your job is, is to, to make, make them me. listen. Yes. I, I say that all the time when people ask me the difference between one person show and stand-up. It's like they're already listening. You have to keep their attention. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing stand-up, you have to get their attention. Yes. And, it's, and it's a fucking fight a mm -hmm. lot of the time. So um, – you work at Amazon, not a coffee shop, which I would think you would um, work at. I actually yeah, – Yeah, working at a coffee shop in Seattle because people are so serious about coffee, yeah. especially in the 90s. Yeah. It would be hard to get yeah. a barista job in Seattle unless you were like really like, no, no. My goal no, is yes, to be a barista. Right. And I was never that driven. I had like a bunch – it was the 90s. So there was – you know, the, the economy was, was pretty good in yeah. Seattle. And so I just got like a bunch of weird – Perma temp job, right? But then I traded them all away to work at Amazon. Are you still friends with the guy who let you sleep on his couch? Yes, I am. Oh, good. He was best man at my wedding. Yeah, and then I recently reconnected with him a ton. I was out in Seattle doing right. a giant show, and we right. hang out all the time. Uh, you know, yeah, I did close. my first one person show, twenty five. Well, it was originally called God Doesn't Pay Rent Here, but then we changed it to Twenty Five Questions for a Jewish Mother because the fucking producers in New York are like, "Hey, say Jewish," and then they all come to the anyway. I did it at the Empty Space Theater in oh, yeah. Seattle. I performed at the Empty yeah, Space. Yeah, I like yes. that theater. It's a good theater. Yeah. Okay, so you work at Amazon. Yes. As a I started in customer service. Oh god. And I worked my way up to business development. Do you want to kill yourself in customer service? Yes. Okay. And then you go up to to what business was, development. Okay, which means It's pretty much the opposite of customer service and that customer service is an actual job, like labor, kind of like you right. pressing the things, like you're do, you're right. taking calls and you're doing something, right. but you're dispensing bullshit. Right. Uh, and then business development, um, there is no labor. It's all bullshit. Right. Uh, so would you, now when you speak to a customer service person, yeah, like, are you like, I know you're, you know, because yes. I say that to them all the time. Yes, I go, listen, I've... I know that you have your fucking script. But mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, yes. you don't have to follow. The, you can actually go. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I get. Is that? Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. Yeah. We're very similar. No, I'm very familiar yeah. with the whole trope. Yeah. Like the way that they talk. And the and so it depends Oh, I can on understand why. You, I can understand why you. Oh, that must be so frustrating, Michael. Yeah. Um, so we, I had a whole section yeah. of my of 21 dog years yeah. where I basically broke down. They're like, I understand. Right. And I empathize. And right. all I did is I just like. Took it apart all the steps, right? Of like because people listening to the show, you know, all call customer service, so they're right. interested in like 
what is it like? And this is pre-dial, you know, press one. This is pre, you know. This is like um, 1998. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's starting. Yeah, maybe so, it's So, yeah. Start- so, I feel like uh, I spent a lot of time, there were a lot of customers, you know, it's for Amazon. Right. So, a lot of people uh, still are really blurry on the lines between, like, their computer, right. the website, and their devices. Right, right, right. So, they'd often be like... Like the problem would be that they weren't hooked up to the internet, right? They, and you'd have to explain to them that they weren't going to any web page, right? That's why they can't? Like you'd have to do tech, basically right. tech maintenance on 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 the whole thing, right? Because the problem was they didn't know how to get to the website. People are so fucking stupid. Yes, yes people they are. are fucking. All right, so you're working there, and you're not creatively happy doing this business bullshit. No, no. And you're thinking about the theater, correct? And I'm actually doing a bunch of theater right. in that I'm doing um, the whole time I work at Amazon, I'm doing sketch comedy. Right. I had this sketch comedy group right. doing um, this very intense theatrical kind of sketch comedy that was right. really fast. So we do like we do like um, in an hour long show and by an hour I mean it would be like 45 minutes we do like 22 sketches. Wow. Yeah, it was really good training right. actually for a I couple bet. of years to yeah. just do lots and and we yeah. did a lot of shows. We would just like churn them out. Right. And in those shows, uh they would give me sections. They would just call like yeah, you know, like Mike does a monologue and they would just give me space that I wouldn't script it and I would just like That's do something awesome. in those spots. And that was I feel like a lot of the I started Training. doing the monologues before yeah. that, but I feel like that's where it sort of like refined them. You know, that's interesting because as a comic, I when I started, I used to MC all the time, mm-hmm. and which is the thankless job no one wants to do. But I was like, I'm getting a more stage time, right? And I get to go isolate these little bits and make them strong in between the acts instead of just flo- yeah. So yeah. it sounds kind of similar. All right. So you're working at Amazon, you're doing th- when is everyone at Amazon like, "Oh my god, Mike has a show this weekend." Are you guys going to Mike's show this week? Was it like that? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Actually, yeah. a lot of them would come. Yeah. Uh, Isn't you know, that- relative to, you know, like the entire company. Yeah. But yeah, in my in my department. Are you stuff, guys going to Mike's show? Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was the only person doing right. anything, right? Because our hours were so horrible, right? That like I remember we had to push our rehearsals later, and even the performance. Like I remember when it got really intense, I would work all day, right? Go to the theater to do the show at eleven o'clock at right. night, right? And then finish the show, and then be like, I have to, I can't go out tonight, right? I've got to go home and pass out because I have to get up tomorrow on a Saturday, right? And go in at like seven a.m. To go back to work. I know. This because ha- the work ethic yeah. at Amazon is completely unhinged. I worked, um, you know, I worked too when I started because I didn't want to, I wasn't taking money from my parents and I, I needed health insurance and I would yeah. work all day. That I'd go out at night, get home at three in the fucking morning. You know, it was, now the kids, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> the kids do not do. So your first monologue, your first successful. Big show. Would be uh, 21 dog years. Yeah. yeah. And you get press. You get – I mean, do it, you feel like – I mean, it's completely – just to be clear how crazy it was, I was doing it in another unheated garage in Seattle. Right. And while it was in the unheated garage in Seattle, it got like profiles in Entertainment right. Weekly. Like it, it got completely right. unreasonable amounts of right. press. And are you thinking it's divine intervention? Are you thinking – Oh my God, my life, this is it. This is it. I, I hit the big time. I'm, you know. I guess I was thinking that only when I was talking to people. Right. 
who uh, are friends or who, who who always wanted to talk about the subject of like, right. doesn't this feel amazing? Right. Most of the time, I spent that entire year screaming. Mm-hmm. Like if you looked into my head, it would right. have been me screaming. Right. Because basically I started doing the show. And the moment I sent out press releases about the show started to take off, I started doing the show in um, like January of 2001. Right. And basically it's the show is fundamentally about working Amazon. It's about it's also about the rise and fall of the dot-com right. boom. Right. When I start doing the show, the dot-com boom hasn't actually collapsed yet. Wow. But I just made a decision that I thought it was going to. Right. And so the show becomes really prescient. Right. So then as the, as that winter goes on and the dot-com bubble implodes, right. that's why everyone does stories because they're like – the dot-com bubble's imploding, right. and we've talked about that all week on right. whatever dumb show right. this is. But now there's a guy in a garage in Seattle who used to work at Amazon. Right. Who, like, you can see how it writes itself. And I just hustled so fucking hard. All I did was, like, media, press, right. managing, possibility. Like, just I just fucking worked. But Every single hour that existed right. from that January right. <laughs> until September 11th. Oh, that was the worst. That was, I mean, that was the end of life as we know it. But were you, were you happy at this time? Like, or were you? Was I happy working on the show like that? Yeah. Like just when you were on stage doing the show. Oh, when I'm on stage doing the show. Yeah. You were like satisfied and and it was the rest of the. Yes. I felt, I've always had like, I always have a. I tend to feel really good about performing. Yeah, same. Like I feel like the job, the job has two components. Yes, and the yes, component of like hustling yes. when you're not on stage, right, um, is hell. It's is hell. hell, and it was hell that 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 thing I went through in 2001 that was yeah. basically almost an entire year, right. That thing where you actually something is hot, right? It, it creates this fear in you that's right. going to run out, right? And that fear right. is actually super valid. When is it going to end? And yeah. So you, you like just lay in plans. You're like best case scenario, right? Middle case, even worst case. Right. You're like you're like it all dies, but I want to have something. Right. So you, I just was hustling like ten different plans. Yeah. And the only reason, it's all out of fear. Yes. It's just fear based. But the only reason the show like I live here now and then have a career is because I worked that hard. Right. Because if I had not hustled that hard, I would not have had signed contracts. Right. Before September 11th. Right. You're and lucky. There is no universe where those all would have evaporated. Right. Like that clearly would have destroyed everything that had been done. Yeah. It was horrible. Yes. It, yeah. I was on a show on Fox News. Like a fluff show, and they just canceled it. They were like, no more. It was bad. Ugh, fuck you. Um, Osama. Uh, so were the people on Amazon pissed at you? Yes, like, some. Yeah, yeah. Some. I mean, it's a particularly humorless place. Right. And especially over the years, kind of like one of those acid lakes that becomes more and more acidic right. because evaporation gets rid of the water molecules. Yeah. Um, more normal people burn out and leave. So the people who stay are like basting in a – I mean I don't know if you've read the articles like new business yeah, yeah. one. Like literally the most number of people who cry at their desks at work. Wow. Yeah. I wrote a whole book. I, I right. adapted my show into a book and the like really the, 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 the attitude of the place is the same in my book from 2002 as it is now. Right. I know I just was in Seattle. I talked to tons of people who 
are either working there now right. or associated around there. It's just super clear that the culture is exactly the right. same. So it was more like, are you guys going to see Mike this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. A people's history, yes. Yeah. 32 hours. Yes. Like, really? (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Like, how the fuck did you do that? Um... Well, first I divided into eighteen shows, right? So, so, so that all thirty-two hours don't happen all at once, right? But, um, you know, I was it's a I was adapting um, that Howard book, Zinn's yeah, yeah, yeah. history of the United States, and yeah. so basically I had two texts, and one was that book, right? And the other was I went on eBay and I found my actual U.S. history textbook. Oh yeah, I read US that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book. And so the show is basically those two texts, right? As I Try to teach history. Right. And perform it. But yeah, fundamentally, that's what I'm doing. Um, There's one show you did uh, where you didn't prepare at all. There are many shows I've done where I didn't prepare at all. The first time that you did that. Mm -hmm. Because I am one who, like, I have to, I write, I like, I sit there. And I like to wing it. Like, I do like winging it. Like, once I'm on stage, I mean, I when I go on to do stand-up, like, I know, I have my outline, but I like to just go off. Yeah. Um, like, how fucking, were you scared? You're like, I'm, you know, you, you see these people wait, you know, in the audience, you're, they're waiting for your brilliance, and you haven't prepared anything. Like, what the fuck is going on in your head? 
Well, you know, fundamentally, um, fundamentally, they're all built that way, right? In the sense that I don't script, but um, I feel like um, what's evolved over time is if it's something that uh, requires research, you know, like if it's a very research heavy kind of piece, then I tend to do a bunch of research, but I, I really. Um, I don't want – it's like I don't only want there to be no script. I don't want there to be any um, – I don't want to write it. So right. I also don't want to like Because it's so make stifling. Notes. I don't want to make yeah. notes about what I would be doing. Like right. I want to actually just make it in the air. The series where I did that the most or I started doing the most right. was uh, PS122 right. in like uh, 2004 or so. I did this series, All Stories Are Fiction, and that series – I would in the uh, I would give them titles, but the titles right. were evocative right. without like being about anything in particular. Right. And then um, while the audience was coming in, I would make an outline backstage. Right, right. that's start. what I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't start had, yeah. making the outline until they were coming in. Right, and then and did uh, you have anxiety all day? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what people yeah. like. You know, this is what I get all. Oh, it must be nice. You work for an hour a night. You know, I am all day work. I mean, we work 24 fucking hours a day. Yeah. I always feel like a good way of talking about that is um, to use the – because people aren't right. going to start respecting anything we do anytime soon. Right. Uh, is to use the, the metaphor of jazz. You know, like, right. like famously – I forget which one said it, but I should Google it so I can say it with some authority. But there was some jazz person, I forget who, who was like – you're asking when I made up the song. Right. And so the answer is either right this moment or the last 27 years right, that exactly. I spent refining my work to right. bring me to the moment that I could make the song for right. you right here now. Right. Exactly. And so it's kind of like, um, yeah, there's an interesting, like very puritanical kind of quality where people really want to know how long did you spend making this? Right. Um, which is funny because like, you know, like – we don't do that with everything. Like right. we wouldn't like a cake more if it right. took two years to make. Right. In fact, we'd be kind of creeped out right. about why it took you two years to make this cake. And yeah, is it fresh? Is it fresh? We'd yes. really want to know if it was fresh right. because it's two years. Right. Yeah. So the Steve Jobs thing is it Steve Jobs or Jobs? Jobs. It is Jobs. So what the fuck happened? You did the show, and mm-hmm. then people were saying. It wasn't accurate or – No, it was more accurate to say is that I did this show and then um, someone with a radio show begged me to put the show on his show. Right. And then they did the show on his show. Right. By recording it with an audience. Right. So that it would be the theater that it was. Right. And then they called it theater beforehand. Right. It's ridiculous. People are f- – I fucking hate people. No, I really generally and I love people like there's this part of me where I like want to be positive and see the good in everyone, you know, and then there's a part of me where everyone's a fucking asshole and it's hard to, you know, navigate through life. It is. Donald Trump. Yes. I am like I I don't even know. There's no words to describe what he has fucking done to me, me uh, you know, stand up, freedom of expression, and 
you know, here you are, you're, you do your, your shows and you say what you say and you get shit for it or, and you get accolades same, you know, this guy can say whatever the fuck he wants and we're supposed to be held to a higher standard than him. So like, for example, I got two gigs canceled Mm -hmm. because of my material because everyone's overly sensitive. This whole idea of, you know, just everyone getting fucking triggered by a word and not listening to the idea and it's fucking everything up. Yeah. I mean, he's, um, I mean, fundamentally it's going to have like a really corrosive effect on the ability to talk about anything because he's, um, a completely textbook narcissist. Right. So it's going to make it very difficult. The problem with civility is that the idea of civility, right. which is a great idea, right. is that there's some middle ground. Right. But that works best when people are in opposition right. on the right and the left and pulling really hard. And I think one of the things that uh, started in the 90s and uh, kind of continued all the way up to our present moment and is only changing right now is that the left fundamentally moved to the center. Right. And um, – I think because it thought it would get more cultural power. Right. Being like, no, we're the parents in the room. Right. But I think that created slack with the right and it caused the right to radicalize. Right. There are other factors, but the right fundamentally. Well, you don't becomes... think it has to do with like we had a black president and they can't fucking handle it? No, I think it started before that. Right. I think, though, that the, having a black president absolutely galvanized right. those things. Do you think – who do you think was the most divisive? Like um, I feel like – I remember George W. and Mm -hmm. wanting to vomit every time he was on TV and, like, couldn't fucking believe he was president. And I remember it however I remember it. But I feel like this is a thousand times worse, you know. But I still was livid during those eight years of George W. Bush. Yeah. Because I felt like he stole the election also. Yeah. but it's like, uh, what the fuck is going to go on? Like, what's going to happen? Are we going to recover? Are we going to recover from this shit? No. Okay, that's it, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> really? Yeah, we're not going to recover. Like, you think that our country is... I think that the idea of recovery is fundamentally based in the idea that if we were able to get back to where we right. were before X or Y... And a lot of times we're thinking, like, if we could just get back to where we were. Well, make America, yeah. Make America yeah. great again. If we could just get back to where we were before Donald Trump was here, then things would be okay. I don't believe that's true. Well, I, I feel like he's corroded the entire, like, the. Uh, there's no respect. There's no tradition. There's nothing. Like yeah, he's, he's corroded a lot of things. But yeah. the problem is the reason he was able to get into the position he's in right. is because things were actually already rotten. Right. Like the rot, the 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 rot is uh, a lot deeper and more systemic. Like it's interesting you phrase it as like divisive, right? You know, just having done this giant show about all these parts of American history, right? I honestly feel like the uh, we often point to the really divisive periods, right, and presidents as being the most dangerous. But if I was going to talk about what the most dangerous period in the last, I really would look at the eighties and nineties, right? Because in both those decades, whoever was president. Both, um, both Reagan. Reagan and then again with Clinton. Yeah. Congress 
worked with the president. Right. Like when they work together is when the, the largest things happen. Right. Like the reason we have an oligarchy today is because of the decisions in the 80s by Democrats right. working with Republicans to lower the tax rates. Right. Which were around 90 percent on people with that much money. Right. Down to 28 percent. Right. We're, no, I, I don't think we're going to get back to some. Place. But what about the like? I feel like people are behaving like fucking assholes because of him. Yes, I think he that's has, very true. He has made it okay, you know, to behave like a fucking dumb idiot, racist, homophobic. He's just awful. I now get on stage, and it's not even about politics. It's that he's a fucking asshole. Yes. I think that's definitely right. true. I think okay. that he has like um, changed the discourse that right. way, and I think that's definitely a thing that he that his presence has done. And also, like my people, most people would be fired by now. Yes, yes, most people would. Be. Yes, Amazon coming to Queens. Thoughts? That it's terrible. And also, here's like a little behind the scenes thing. Yeah. that I heard from tons of people, multiple different corroborating sources in Seattle with friends uh, in different positions with Amazon and outside of Amazon, right. but working with Amazon confirmed basically that, you know, the reason they need to expand their headquarters, they always say like synergies right. and efficiencies. Right. The core reason they have to is because the labor pool in Seattle is spent for them. They need more really? people and they don't, can't get them. And, Looking at the demographics, that wouldn't look like it was true because right. of just where you would run the numbers on how many programmers right. there are. Because remember, when we say labor pool, we mean programmers, right? right. Like they need these specific We're people. not talking about people who put the shit in boxes. Right. right. They need the people who are programmers. Right. The reason the labor pool is spent for them in Seattle is those people are not applying because they have other really well-paying jobs right. at Microsoft, right. Google, Facebook is there now. They don't need to work at Amazon. Even further, they know that they shouldn't work at Amazon. Right. Everyone there fucking cries at their fucking desks. Right. Like they don't want the jobs. Like they have to build another headquarters specifically to trick another workforce right. into coming to work for them. Right. So they can cry at their desks. So, wow. I mean, I just feel like that's something people don't understand fully is that if they had not been a shitty at managing their labor right. force, they wouldn't actually need another headquarters in the same way right, right. now. They need it specifically so they can't get people to work there because people are like, are I they going to are they going to fire people in Seattle? I mean, I'm are sure they, they will. Yeah. I'm sure that once they have another place established, they'll leverage the new right. place against the old place. Uh, they have no loyalty whatsoever to Seattle or its people. They've okay. always been super clear. About what that. about Facecock? Like, I can't, I can't with Facecock anymore. I like, I'm so mad on so many levels. Like, I'm just mad at people and their stupid posts, but. Like they, they're fuck. Like he's a fucking idiot. Like yes. he's a, not nice. And yes. they knew about all this Russian bo and mm -hmm. and anti-Semitic. Like I don't, I can't believe it. And I, they're still going. I know, I know. I think they're terrible people. I think um, I'm not sure who's worse. I'm not sure if, if if Zuckerberg's worse, right? Who's more oblivious, or if if Sheryl Sandberg is worse, right? For like having this pose of like helping women right. find yeah. themselves, yeah. through a system that like is so tilted towards rich white women, right? Right, and absolutely has nothing to do with anyone else's even remote form of feminism, but yeah. then also does this shit, right? No, it's garbage. it's horrible, it's really terrible. Um, 
Is there any company you think is great? Hmm. What an interesting question. No. Wow. There's no, not I, one corporate, like, no? Not really. I mean, I have corporations I feel fondly toward, despite the fact that I know I shouldn't. Right. Um, n- no. I don't. Wow. They're not my friends. They have no human emotions. Right. They're, they're terrible. Um, they're small businesses, but I don't think of them as companies. You right. Know? And even then, I don't know if there's that many small businesses that I'm that, like, um, that into, you know, right. like, like in, in that way. Um, yeah, I don't have a good relationship with any large corporation because they fundamentally don't have a good relationship with me. Right. Like, do you, it's like biomass. Right. Do you ever order anything from Amazon? Uh huh. I do. <laughs> I do. I love it. I do. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I feel, and I feel, um, a bunch of different things, including that I used to work there. Right. So I feel this, like, um, former co-worker sort of pride. Right, right, right. Uh, but now increasingly mixed with like a revulsion. Right. Especially now that they've invaded a new city that I live right. in. Right. I've watched them destroy Seattle. I want to be clear. If you haven't right. been to Seattle lately, they transformed. It's only like 10 or 12 square blocks uh, near downtown, right in the middle of the city. Right. They literally knocked down every building and built Ugh. all new buildings. I and hate the, that so and much. One of the most yeah. things that the, – the, one of the things that's most disturbing about that is how bad the architecture is. Right. Like it, that, I feel like it really cuts the heart of like the tech industry. Right. That it's like even if you give them license, you're like here – you have all the money. You imp- implement your amazing vision. What right. is your amazing vision? You know what their amazing vision is? It's blocks and blocks that look the same like a glass right, mall right, right. where occasionally there's a Jimmy John sandwich shop. Right. I'm not even joking. But I know it's like, sad. They're not even I mean, exciting. There's nothing exciting. I mean, those there aren't like amazing sky bridges right, right. made out of amazing carbon right. tubes or some kind of crazy futuristic right. shit. It looks like a fucking mall with a fucking Jimmy Johns. Right. Because at the end of the day, these boring ass programmer people who cry at their desks would like to go eat a Jimmy John sandwich. Right. So it's like it's really bad urban design. Like on top of every, on top of destroying the history and all right. this shit, it also is shitty. Like you don't even get like a right. magical fairyland of future right, cars. Right, right. It's boring. What do you think of Apple? I have very complicated feelings about Apple. Because I did an entire show because I was passionately in love with their products. Um, I still feel very passionately about their products. Um, The same time, like, doing that show uh, caused me to understand fully, like, how much human labor is involved in the making of these devices and how fucked up that labor is. And, um, And then I had to go through the entire gauntlet of people's reactions um in the in public to the show right uh including that even though everyone acknowledges that every single thing i talk about actually does happen right 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 in their production lines right um the, the how much people don't want to see any of it cause right. them to be like, well, Mike Daisy lied to me, right? Because he himself did not personally like feel the broken hands of a worker, right? So therefore, none of these things happen and everything is fine. It, and it's and it's, it's called theater, fear, by the way. Very few, ladies and gentlemen. It's called theater. Yes, that's that is what I thought right. my form was. But yeah, I've been it's called theater. Okay. But, but the um, but the president can lie like yes. thousands. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's that's part of fine. The, Blatant what, lies. What yeah. becomes really clear, like yeah. how power is constructed. Right. They're so unequipped to actually confront uh, 
powerful people right. dying. And that's because it's built around access journalism. Right. So they want to keep having access right. to these people. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What do you think is going to happen to Trump? A lot of people I know think he's going to resign. I can't imagine. How can he fulfill the next? I just, he's so fucking stupid. I'm amazed. Do you really know people who think he's going to resign? Yes. That fascinates me. Yeah. There is nothing in this man's psychological profile that indicates he would ever Ever resign. Ever resign. Right. I, I find that very hard to believe. This man will not resign. Even if when, if when. Don Jr. and his greasy fucking hair. I feel like it could get just as bad as it was for Nixon. Right. And he was at the place Nixon was at. Right. He would not make Nixon's choice because Nixon was the devil. Right. But he was like a politician. Right. Donald Trump is not Not a politician. politician. He's a narcissist. So will will not resign. Will he get kicked out? Will he get indicted? Will Um, I I just want to see him in handcuffs and I want to see him. Uh, after his massive stroke, and he talks like the guy that he made fun of. I feel like the yeah. stroke is a much more likely uh, really? scenario. In my opinion today, um, I'm very open to the idea that it's an evolving situation. Right. I'm very open to that. But if I was betting today, right, I would bet that he is going to serve out this term. Oh, and God. I would further bet that he will be reelected. No! Unless someone's going to actually challenge him. That's what I think. Even though he is a felon, even though everything you said is true, I, I I I think he's going to be reelected. Okay, this is I'm going to throw up. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't want that to be. I true, know, but I know, but I you're you're but you're some you're one of a few people who have said that to me, and yeah, it's I mean, like we'll get used to it, and it's going to be no. I mean, I hope I'm wrong this time. Right. I was the guy who did an entire show. About this guy before right. he was elected, right. literally performing it over and over again for audiences right. of good liberals right. who were so sure that he was not going to be elected right. that they actually saw my show as kind of like more comedy right. than a tragedy, which is actually what it was. Um, I, um, I I think he is going to get reelected. Now, be clear, the whole topography of a presidential run depends on who actually runs. Right. So I'm hoping in the next six or nine months, it'll start becoming clear right, who's, who's going to actually challenge him. And he's going to sit there with his bully tactics. Oh, yeah. You know. But I but I, you know, I think it's it's very powerful to be the incumbent. Right. And I know that he's crippled in all these different ways by his incredible unpopularity. Right. And he's dumb. And he is dumb. Yeah. I always ask my guests two questions. One is, since we are very pro-mental health, mm-hmm. um, have you ever been on any antidepressants? 
Yes. Yes. yes oh, I good. Sorry. Yay! Ding, 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 ding. I didn't need to just. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's a you know, I have so many comics on who have never been on it, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Uh, but we are very pro, so we just a lot of listeners are like, thank you so much because I take yeah, meds, yeah. you know. Okay, and then this is my, what pisses you off more than any? Like it could be anything, but makes you fucking crazy angry. Hmm. Hmm. It's a good question. Yeah, that's like I love to know what the fucking makes people crazy. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to yeah. think. I don't know what makes. I have like I get uh, you know I have road rage, but I yeah. do get incompetence. Make you know, but like also people looking at their phones while they're walking up the stairs to get out of the subway. Mm-hmm. You know, like just this people with no fucking just clue that you're you're invading other people's space yeah. you know what i mean and you know you your actions are yeah that's a good one that's and i hate people who do not question authority that's the other thing i can't say oh that's 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 a good one too yeah i feel like um i think i have a problem with um Anger? No, no. I oh. know what makes me angry. So oh. I'm actually thinking of doing a whole show about it. I really, really get upset by bad faith. Oh. I feel like bad faith is like the thing I'm most upset oh, about. Oh, yeah. Like watching people, watching Republicans preen right. about things when you know they don't actually mean it. Right. Watching people argue, argue and I put argue in quotes right here, argue um, about climate change right. when they know they have no science on their side right. when they know that they just want it not to be true. Right. Like they won't honestly say, no, we just don't like the idea that it's true and so we're just denying it right. um, blatantly and we have no logical right. reason to deny it and we're just doing that because we're fiddling while Rome burns. Like bad faith, the thing where people – we have to pretend we're having a real argument, right, right, right. even though we're not, and right. you're just fucking lying right. inside the argument. And you know you're lying. And you know you're lying, and I know you're lying, and no one will let us like stop the argument right. and call you out or just be like, this interview is over, this right. debate. Do I you, hate that. Do, uh, do you feel disdain also for the people who are being manipulated by you – know, like, like I look at these fucking idiots at these rallies. Mm-hmm. Sorry these fucking Nazi rallies where he's lying and, you know, and they're all like, that's right. You know, but it's like, I don't, I hate him for, you know, inciting this kind of behavior, but I hate them for being so fucking stupid and, you know, not doing their job of like knowing the fucking real truth. You know what I mean? And he wouldn't even let half those people into Mar-a-Lago. That's very true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. For me, I think probably because of where I came from, I, I don't have that as much. You don't have disdain for that. Yeah, of no, course. I don't. Yeah. I'm not able to. I think that I just grew up around right. a lot of people without a lot of money. And so I'm just like really used to the idea that um, – That they're looking at him as their savior and he's yeah, going to make also, them rich. I, I always think it's important to keep like the number. You know, the country has 340 million people. Right. So these rallies seem so large, but right. they're not that big. Right. Not that many people are actually so excited about Donald Trump. Right. And also it's like that acid lake thing. These are the most com- – these are people who are so into Donald Trump right. that they would get in their pickup right. and then drive to the Donald Trump rally. Right. You know, like which is – actually if you think about it, it's super dorky fun. Right. Right. Weird fucking thing Mental. to do. Yeah, yeah. And like the numbers are impressive, but they're not, you know, these rallies are often like 
15,000 right. people out of like 340 million. Right, right. So, I mean, I expect those people to be pretty like fucking bonkers. Right. Because like they've gone through a bonkers sieve. Right. To sieve out like the most bonkers right, right, people right, who right. come together <laughs> right, to do right. this fucking thing. Um, what bothers me more, and although I understand it from having grown up in, in northern Maine, is um, – oh, I know it bothers me. It's um, It's not the apathy which I make an argument in right. this recent show is the dominant political party is actually right. apathy. But that good liberals who I'm often talking to because it's the theater right. don't understand that the apathy party has a compelling argument. Right. That people started being more and more apathetic after Watergate. Right. And then they learn more and more about how their government actually works and makes right. them more and more apathetic. Right. And that's because they honestly look at how fucked up the world is and they see that nothing changes. Right. And then they think legitimately, why, why, do, you want why? Me, why do you want me to vote so fucking right. badly right. when nothing ever changes right. in the rural place I live in? Right. Nothing ever gets better. And yet you you tell me that I'm a jerk for not voting. Right. You can't prove to me. You don't make me an argument what will change because even right. you don't believe it's going to change right. for me. You, you just want to let me know that I'm a shithead for not having right. voted. So I feel very defensive sort of on – on the apathy party's behalf that like uh, I really feel like if people on the left want people to vote in larger numbers and for this apathy group to become um, uh, uh, energized right. and then go to the polls, you have to actually like reach out to them. And reaching out is not the same as like actively trying to shame people right. into voting. And so I, I can't believe how often – I feel like the left gets that thing where everyone's like, we're scolds. Right. I think we get it a lot because of this kind of behavior. Right. Like you can't scold people into voting. Like it's not a fucking thing. Right. You could just like make them feel bad enough and they will go vote. Right. And if they did, they do it and like once right. and then resent you and not come back again. Right. And, and it's like, and oh, that's true. Their lives their lives do not change. No, we do, don't You know, it's anything. not like I voted and now I'm I feel, you know, whatever. Right. I mean you like you can even see it in, in recent presidents, like look at Obama. Like uh, Obama was uh, a, well. Everyone misses yeah. him because the person is right. crazy. Obama ran on a platform. It was very clear. He did this interesting thing where his persona and his speaking skill made people put all sorts of expectations right. on him. But what he actually talked about was, "I'm a centrist. Right. I'll be making very center, little to right. the left, but centrist decisions. Right. I won't be changing that much. Right. I'll be doing this and this. And so, yeah, people sort of invested in him. But I also won't be embarrassing you know, this he, country. He's very yeah. much didn't embarrass anyone. Right. But fundamentally, it's not like he moved the needle and people in rural right. areas are like things are appreciably right. different. Right. And so, you know, like like if you're going to galvanize people, you probably would have to make a platform mm -hmm. that was like – like the one I talked about in the show recently is how if you poll not just likely voters but everyone, if right. you actually poll everyone and you ask them the question, would you be willing to shrink military spending by half from about 40 percent of our budget to 20 percent if in exchange we got universal health care? Yeah. And the approval rate on that is somewhere around 80 percent. Wow. It's been 80 percent. For decades. Right. It actually started around 65% right. in like the 80s and has risen and risen. It's right. now close to 80%. It's only that high when you poll everyone. Right. As in you, because you, you, you'll see a lot of polling will actually say likely voters. Right, right, right. Likely like, voters means you're only polling the 50% right. of people who vote. If you poll everyone, most people are like, I would like the military to be smaller if right. I could have actual health care. Right. No one 
on the Democratic side or the Republican side currently has any intention of doing that. Of not only of doing right. it, of even promising it right. or bringing it up. It's way too crazy. Even though we don't need the, as much military right. as we have, we literally have a military that's capable of holding two simultaneous full-scale wars at the same time. Like, that's its goal. It's right. supposed to be so large. They can fight two Such completely unrelated wars penis bullshit. all the time. Yeah. And so if we just went down to one war at all times, right. we could have health care right away right. for everyone. Right. We don't want that. Right. And by we, I mean the people in charge. Right. Actual people do. Do. So if you but wanted, they don't give a shit but about But if you wanted yeah. to get people to vote who mm-hmm. don't vote and right. you made them a platform thing like that. You can imagine getting some percentage of those non-voting people to, to be like to this get their asses different, out, yeah, and then they might vote. No one wants to make right. proposals like that, and this is one of the reasons things stay. Right. And then people, the left, kind of expects that people will get excited because they're like, "We'll make reasonable strides, right, that right, are right. It's like that. No one gets excited right. about that. Right. You need to like actually say, "I'm changing something." Wow, this country's fucked up. The country is fucked up. You're not. Oh, thank you. Um, so where can people find you, Mike? Oh, um, you know, on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram. And <sighs> Are you at stuff. Mike Daisy? I am. Yeah. Okay. And where next show? When, when, where? Book? I, I'm working on this book right now. Right. I've got to finish this book up and get it and get it all the way in. Um, um, it's actually related to some of the things we've just been talking about. Oh, I love it. Um, uh, you're amazing. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for... Thank I could talk to I mean I could go on for three more hours, but you know, unfortunately we can't. But you're fucking great. Well, thank you. I'm really you're glad welcome. you had me on. No, I'm so happy. thank you, Laura, for Oh, get my fucking album, you assholes. My album, Kill Me Now. It's out. I can't believe I didn't fucking tell you guys. My album's out. Get it. Download it. Just listen to it and buy it for gifts for your family. Cause it's, you know, it's fun family time of me cursing and screaming um (laughs) happy new year and uh thank you to mike daisy i think this episode or these two episodes uh the least amount of jubel i think we've ever had i know i'm I'm... hanukkah very good dreidel yay (laughs) diarrhea okay uh thank you all for listening and as we always say so long Uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.